This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff Show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com, where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Matlana, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. Hmm. All right. Hello and welcome to another edition of Musay and Thomas. Philip Musay is over there in Atlanta, Georgia. Philip, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Once again, I'm doing well. I'm doing about as well as a person can be. Watch after watching. Uh, a film like the one that we're going to talk about today, you know, it's got me, it's got me, you know, in my, in my feels. What did I say? That's, I mean, you did say it. You did say it. I'm more interested. And so as soon as I finished the film, I was like, I have to obviously know what happens in the second one mm. and not to spoil. I mean, I guess we will. Oh, spoil. you already did it. You already went to, uh, before, uh, sunset. I didn't, I didn't go to before sunset, but I was fully expecting like six months later, they're back at the same train oh, no, platform. No, no, no. Nine years later. Are you kidding me? <laughs> because it's, it's real. Just, this whole movie is real. It's realistic. It is real. It, it, this, is, this is based on an actual experience that Richard Linklater had walking around. I think it was New York. Uh, it might have been Philadelphia. He was walking around Philadelphia. He was like in, in a record shop and he's self, self-described like a, a pretty shy guy. He was with his sister and I guess someone in, in the shop like caught his eye and like he wrote her a note and said, hey, I'm like only into I don't know how this works. Like, I don't know why you couldn't just speak it. But <laughs> he wrote a note and said, do you want to like I'm only in town for one night. Do you want to spend some time together? And she said, yeah. And so they just walked around Philly the whole night. And he just had this this like iconic experience that. Funny enough, he told this woman that he wanted to make a film about this experience, and lo and behold, he did. Um, and the world is is a better place because of it, Mr. Linkletter. Thank you very much. I had a similar experience in New York, actually, when I was in college. Did you? Yeah, senior year, journalism thing that I went on. Um, met another person who uh, was also there for that thing. The hotel mm. was reading and in the lobby, and... Yeah. Whatever, talked and we're like hey you just want to go walk around new york and uh we went to different arguments we went just hopped around the subway we uh did the whole thing in about a day and then uh we're like we'll talk after we're gone she went to i think salem uh in yeah. North carolina yeah and we talked once and it was like no <laughs> it's not gonna work like what's the point oh, of this that's... what are we doing we're never seeing each other again this is ridiculous, but it was a really, really fun time. Cause like we, like, I think it was about the same kind of thing before sunrise where it wasn't until like four or 5 AM that, uh, that the, it really just ended and that was it. Well, like a lot of rules doing this, by the way, uh, sorry to my advisors, uh, at, uh, North Georgia because, um, definitely went off script a little bit during this trip. Definitely <laughs> bounced around. <laughs> I mean, it was your your chasing story. That's what it was. Exactly. I I knew that I was going to watch this movie at some point, so I had to uh, do it myself just to see if I could relate. Have you had an experience like this personally, Philip? I have. 
I okay. definitely have. Uh, also in New York. New York seems to be conducive it's to this. It's a good spot for this. Yeah. 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 Uh, this was back in like summer of 2015. Mm. And um, I met this girl like randomly after I, <laughs> funny enough, this is a story for a different time, but I had essentially, I was working on a startup at the time and I left my, my internship, which was like a, a crazy thing to do. Um but probably one of the best decisions of my life, but most one of the most terrifying decisions of my life. But I'm glad that I did it for many reasons. One is because the day that I left, um, I had dinner with some friends. No, no, no. So uh, two days after I left, I had dinner with some friends and um, I met this girl who was uh, up in like she she came to town from D.C. And um, she was just in town for like the next two, two or three days. And if I had to work the next day, like I fully would not have been able to spend the next two days, like full on two days with her. Like we spent every single minute of the next two days together. And I still keep in touch with her to this day. <laughs> you still keep in she, touch. Yeah, she's um, she's she married. Is, no, no, she's, nah, she's not married. Um, I think she has a boyfriend. Uh, actually, I, I know she has a boyfriend. She's uh, she's she was she's from Denmark. Um, you're just and actually that out as you're talking to her and, um, taking her away emotionally from her boyfriend. Say again. Uh, <laughs> I hope not. I mean, I hope that's not what I'm doing, but no, it was like, we, we're friends. Like we're, we're really great friends to this day. Um, mm. I, I was actually studying abroad in, in Sweden later on that semester. And I went up to, uh, she was, she was taking classes in, in Berlin at the time. So I, we, I went over to Berlin and we hung out, um, and it was it was actually quite it was quite romantic because she um, we were there basically around Christmas time and like we went to the Christmas markets and we just fell into this like rapport and it felt like um, it felt like things could have gone somewhere if we were both in the same country but mm. um, we never really talked about that I think we both implicitly knew that it wasn't. Nothing was like well, going to, to be happen. gained when you talk about it. Like it's all over at that point. Once you bring it up, then it's just like, yeah, this is a bummer. And that's what you see in before sunrise is that when they start talking about it as the night goes on, that's when things yeah. get uncomfortable and sad. And yeah, um, they both know that they're fooling themselves and they're trying to talk their way around it because um, when you think about the way this movie ends, they're just like, once it actually happens, when you get to that moment where you're like, yeah, this we'll just do this for one night and that'll be it. And we'll remember forever. And you won't ever have to wonder um, about the what if with me and you can live happily ever after with whoever your normal husband is. Nine yeah. years later. That was a great exchange, by the way. Like yeah. he's, he is so, he has like the most uh, iconic convincing mechanisms of any character that I've ever seen. He's, and he's like, this story is just such a collection of it's a it's a really simple framework right for a story it's just mm -hmm. it's a story of two people walking around vienna telling stories and and we don't there are no flashbacks there's there's nothing love that we're we're i know yeah you, you don't need background <laughs> we're we're living in these stories through the literal mechanism of their storytelling so we're only looking at their faces and their reactions but when you know, when Jesse Ethan Hawke's character is talking about spraying, you know, water into the sun and being able to see his 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 grandmother's uh, um, who is deceased, like she he sees her image, like you can see that in your head, and like the same thing with with uh, with Celine's character talking about you know having conversations with her parents, and she says that oh I want to be a writer, and her dad's like no you want to be a um, like a journalist or no, I want to be an actor. Like, no, you want to be a television, uh, a television announcer. Like you can see all those things <clears throat> in your mind because of, of how, um, how visual the, the, the story is. I, that, that was by far my favorite feature of this, of this, of this film. I mean, my favorite is, my favorite is just the dialogue. Like it just yeah. never stops. And, the chemistry between the two on screen is just yeah. remarkable. And I, um, I don't know. I think one of the things that is really great is how Jesse kind of brings her out. Celine is just, 
it seems like she's more naive early on and he keeps pulling her out and pulling her out and just nipping at her and it's interesting to see how he just kind of wins her over but then it like later on we find out she's like no i knew at this point that i'd fallen for you i knew at this point that i was going to sleep with you like all these yeah. things that she was already um intuitive about he had no idea he was actually putting in more work than he actually needed to and he was worried about stuff that he did not need to worry about with her it's yeah it's it's funny that all of those things came up in that conversation right where they're sitting at the table and they're playing like telephone with with each other um the telephone scene is iconic that i was like man i i'm i'm just i'm about to fall apart like this 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 is and i was i I thought that that scene so there are two two of my favorite scenes in this movie that was one of them um the first was when they're in the listening booth at the at the record store and it's just so many of these scenes are single shot like they're done with with the most amount of care and detail from an acting standpoint like this this um this 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 upward angle from below and they're listening to the music and you know it this is like this is like a i don't know how long this it must be like one or two minutes but you know they're looking at it so jesse will look at celine Mm. and right at the last second like she'll look away and then the opposite will happen like he'll look at her but right as she notices like he looks away like it's just so like sixth grade you know yeah it's just like it's just such a pure scene uh of of two people who literally just met each other like yeah and they don't have to say anything like that mouse game really really works yeah yeah i i man i mean it just to your point like the chemistry between the two of them was was remarkable yeah yeah Oh, on the telephone game. The telephone game is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm I'm inclined to I, I I'm I'm because I make my own stuff. I make short films and whatnot. I, I I more more so index on like the the comedic stuff. I think there's that film that scene is is so um, I don't know. It must be so storied in like the canon of of film that uh, it would be really funny to to do kind of like a comedic take on that. I've been kicking around some ideas for that. Um, but man, I just loved every second of that, of that scene. And then there was that one guy, you had the one American who, uh, <laughs> you know, is, is complaining about the service. He's like, Oh yeah. Like where are the waiters in New York that this waiter would be fired? Like it's, it's hilarious to see how, um, how 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 much the, I mean this film was made in 1995 I mean this is yeah. like 25 26 years ago it's hilarious to see how uh, how's how firmly that trope about Americans in Europe has has carried over to this day I mean the times that start I've, off I've with been, that though with um, Jess because Celine uh, obviously speaks multiple languages French is yeah. the primary language but he doesn't even pick up on the fact that she's making fun of him f- because he can't speak other languages and yeah. that uh, he he asks if she can speak English and stuff like that. So like that's immediate um, that yeah. he's just like, Oh yeah, I'm the dumb American who doesn't have any culture. Yeah. Yep. That's, Oh man. Yeah. We're, we're so, we're such an instant gratification culture that um, it fascinated me. Um, the fact that like that romance was able to, to work uh, as seamlessly as it did. Um, and she knew so much about American culture and like the different kind of inflections of voice that, um, that she could use to kind of put him on. And, um, yeah, it it was just like, it was just one of those reminders that, (laughs) I mean, sometimes we have to do better as Americans, you know, like we're, there's so many other parts of the world that, uh, that pride themselves on on knowing about all the different features of, of, of other cultures. And here we are in, you know, in, in, in the U S just kind of content with, with, uh, with, with our, you know, hamburgers and, and French fries, you know, and she's like, well, let's, I don't know. She, I think she broadened, she broadened his horizons in ways that like 
I don't fully think that he was expecting. I mean, he was just riding the trains for the past couple weeks, just just coping with the with the breakup that he went through. And, you know, we don't really get a sense of what's important to him culturally. We we understand that he's a deep guy. Right. And like he's mm-hmm. reeling. He's reeling from the breakup. But it just kind of seems like if, if like big picture here, like he's just kind of this this aimless force that's bumbling through life. And she's this firecracker. Like she is mm. just, the, she's, I mean, I think she wins this film as the person with the most, she's the most vivacious, the most, um, the most interesting character, the more interesting character of the two. Like her, her thoughts on life, her opinions are just so much more um, nuanced than, than his. I would say, I don't know if you, if you feel the same way, but I, every time that, he opened his mouth. I was like, oh, like, can you just, can you just meet her where she's at? Like life isn't like, like you're clearly a a morose, like cynic masquerading as, as, you know, uh, a person who's trying to be idealistic, like just be idealistic, like meet her where she's at. You know what I mean? (laughs) I don't think he's idealistic. I think he's more, he's just frustrated. She's not really frustrated. Like, I think she has a good sense of who she is. Like she's 23 in this movie. Um, he seems older where he, cause like you said, uh, he seems a little more jaded, um, a little more hurt. She's a little more guarded, but a lot of the stuff that he's saying, like he's just, it, it's interesting because he knows that she's more interesting than him because he's the one picking her brain on the trolley car. He's the one who is mm-hmm. entranced by her because he clearly hasn't met anybody like her before. And he is just engulfed in what she's offering and she is a lot more subtle and is um obviously and another good point about this is that because this is 1995 i mean it's kind of ahead of its time in some ways in just how much of a feminist kind of masterpiece this film is where like right. it's a coming of age kind of story for her and um yeah it's uh she's strong and just wants to do her own thing and um is fighting her own battles back home which you spoke to earlier and he's just like i'm just gonna go ride around europe i think he's just a lot more aimless and she has a lot more direction yes absolutely 100 percent. he he's just kind of i mean i wouldn't go as far as to call him like a bum or anything i just think that he's um, that could be him though, the bum in this movie who wrote the the poem, the milkshake poem. That could be him in like ten years. <laughs> it could be. No, it definitely, it definitely could be that guy. That he, his, his that scene, um, that scene stood out to me too because even in the midst of that beautiful poem that he wrote, that the that the guy they were like walking along um, the Danube River and this guy of course, you know, starts speaking German to them and, and he's like, Oh, I don't understand. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, and he's like, okay, well I'll, how about this? I'll write you a poem. I'm not going to ask you for money. I'll write you a poem and whatever you think of it, like that's, that's how much you can pay me for it. And of course he writes a beautiful poem and you can tell that they're both, you know, raptured by it and raptured by it. And, um, and you know, you're living in that moment and it's like, okay, like I guess, he does have this sense of, of, um, I like idealism about, about love and, and serendipity. And then 10 seconds later, he ruins it. He's like, you know, he probably wrote that, yeah. like, like he probably just wor- like worked the word milkshake in there. And I'm like, mm. dude, can you just, can you just for a second, <laughs> can you just for a second, just believe in the possibility of, 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 of serendipity and and just chance like a chance encounter like that to make your life to, that's a that's an opportunity to just and you know capture the moment in your mind kind of similar to the the part at the end where he's like and this is where i think he does the best job of of living up to his his latent idealism where he's like just stand right in front of me like i want to i want to take a picture of you and i'm like okay he's going to take out a photo but they just stare at each other they're just staring at each other and capturing the image of one another in their minds. And that to me was a beautiful moment. One of the things I loved most, and this is something where movies try to like 
give their characters too much to say where it just it it falls flat um they're not really talking about anything interesting for the most part it's not like their conversations are just existential all the time they're talking about their parents they're talking about their careers they're talking about breakups and what people think about uh the other person when they break up with that person like music not a lot of i mean death for sure um he doesn't really have a lot to say there like you said like her best line i think is just aren't we all just um trying to be loved or oh, what? what is the line um where we're all in the end just trying to be loved everything we yeah. do mm-hmm. we're trying to get loved a little bit more or something along mm-hmm. those lines yeah. and yeah. those are the things where she is looking to, for him to like yeah that's true and he does a lot of pushback on stuff like that he's not good at reading cues like he misses a <laughs> lot of cues in this movie yeah yeah he's yeah but i don't think i don't think it's a cue i think he's re- he's like resisting He's a hundred percent resisting. Um, it's like, I actually, I actually would disagree. I think, I think she is the one that initiates these, um, these profound discussions. And I'm like, man, like everything about you, Celine is, is just like deep in a way that he is not either, either not, quintessentially are not willing to engage in um my favorite line of the movie was uh you know they're sitting in this alleyway talking about love and what it means to be loved and and she's the one who's being vulnerable saying that um you know i i do find an immense amount of value in loving someone and being loved uh, you know, understanding that it's a risk. And she says, if there's any kind of magic in this world, it must be in the attempt of understanding someone sharing something. You know, uh, I know it's, I know it's almost impossible to succeed, but who cares really? The answer must be in the attempt. And that is to me, like, that's just, that's just straight up Richard Linklater (laughs) like to me that's what his stories are all about they're they're reflections on life as is they're observations of life lived as is and they don't always have to be profound and I think that's one of the beauty the most beautiful things about filmmaking is you know they don't have to always be you don't always have to have something revolutionary to say most of the time the things that move people um, are just, you know, honing in on the, the the details of life that we overlook on a daily basis. And this this conversation in this alleyway about love um, was was absolutely that for me. That um, I mean, this movie is just a collection of of great of great scenes. Um, and I mean, I could, I could watch this like over and over and over again. And I don't know, I, I, I just kind of feel like, um, maybe <laughs> the, like, it felt like Ethan Hawke was kind of, uh, like, I don't know if he watched the movie Rumblefish before this and was like, Oh, I've just got to be like, uh, you know, Rusty James from, <laughs> from, from Rumblefish. And like, I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to budge. I'm like, I'm not going to show, show any emotion. I'm just going to be like stoic the whole time and just kind of, you know, walk around with my leather jacket and my bandana and, you know, but man, it was, uh, it was, it was fun to see them play off of each other and to watch her especially take the lead in, in pushing him to, um, to open up. When you got to the end of this movie, what did you think their feature what what do, you, what do you think was going to be the case with where they were going? What was realistic? What was going to happen here? What do you think when you got to the end? How did you think this would go? And that's a that's a dangerous question because it reveals something about myself, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, step into my I, office, Mister. Step in, step into the office of Chase Thomas. Um, man, I think I think what I thought was kind of up and down. I think initially I was like, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to keep in touch and this is a trilogy. So it's just going to be about how they like 
reunited and decided to build a life together and it's going to be great. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> and then towards the middle of the movie where they're like well maybe we shouldn't ever see each other again i'm like no that's terrible that's a terrible idea um and i started to see that as a more realistic outcome and then at the end because i have i've had those moments before like i've had moments where i'm like and it's not just it doesn't have to be romantic like it can be with you know you're you're um you're about to get on a train. This is actually has happened to me a couple of times. You're about to get on a train and like, you have to say bye to someone like saying bye is just like one of the most gut wrenching things to have to do, whether it's someone you're romantically interested in or, or family or friends or someone, you know, you're not going to see for a while, even if it's just six months, you know, like you think as a, as a human being, you have to reinitiate that connection at some point soon. So I, so at the end of the movie, I'm like, okay, they said they're going to meet on this platform a year from now. Then he says, okay, now let's do it six months and, you know, six months at 6 PM on, you know, six months on the dot. I'll, you know, we'll both be here. And I believe them. <laughs> I believe them. Um, so he poor soul. Yeah. Yeah. I was taken for a fool by Richard. Thanks, buddy. It's just we don't want to accept reality. And when you have that connection, you don't want to lose it. But reality is a <clears throat> cruel bitch sometimes. Well, what did you think was going to happen? Uh, the first, the first time. Weird, the first time I saw it, I mean, uh, so uh, to reveal a little bit about myself, a uh, little bit more on the cynical nature. So I... He, when you see two people that are that young, they're both traveling. They're both just, I mean, the tone of this movie is finding happiness in pockets of time. And it's just kind of, it, it, I did not think this was going to work. Um, I knew this was like you, a trilogy before I saw it, but there was nothing about this that was set up to be a story where like, all right, well, I'll move to France or you'll move to America. That that was never going to be a thing because that's not, that's a lot of planning. That's something you do when you meet in your late thirties. Like that's, that's something when you're established and you're not just doing the kind of stuff that they're doing. They're still figuring right. each other out. They're still figuring out what they want to do with their lives. They're still um, just trying to make it through. Like he runs out of money on this trip. Like he's not going to be able yeah. to fly back. Um, yeah and see her and she's not going to go fly over there. Like it's not, they're in different countries, not let alone different States. So like I, and never there's no got, Instagram, no Instagram. Another thing about that movie cannot be made today. It would be a much worse movie with technology. Like the fact that they have no phones, they're not taking pictures. Like Vienna is just a backdrop. Like you don't even really realize that you're in Austria for the majority of this film. Like you could say yeah. anywhere in Europe and people would believe you because it's really not about the city that they're in. It's more about just the conversations and where they walk into and different. Um, uh, it's kind of like Woody Allen where like it's New York and mm. stuff like that, but you're never really focused on, the the backdrop behind the characters you're just listening to the dialogue um i don't know i think it was just never something that was going to work and i also got the sense from jess is he is not someone who is ready to make all that work right now you know like he's gonna fail he's he's not ready to settle down he can't be he's not going to be disciplined enough to make this work long term like he doesn't have that in him like he's still bouncing around he's got his leather jacket and the the turtleneck sweater some converse he's not ready to make a long-term commitment like that yeah like very very uh very rustic uh wardrobe in this in this film no makeup no 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 hair and makeup no like fancy wardrobe i mean he's wearing like some boot cut levi's and and uh and she's wearing like um like i don't even know like it like an I don't know, like a day dress. Uh, and they just, they, it, it looks so, it's so realistic. In this movie, I could easily see actually happening. Like there's something about it that's so true and so human that um, it's, it's totally easy to, 
to see happening. We haven't even talked about the <laughs> arguably what probably is is the best scene of the movie, which is with the, with the German part-time actors, <laughs> where they're um, where they're on the they like one of the first things that they do when they get off the train is they go look for something to do, and they pass these two these two guys uh, on a bridge and. <laughs> And just this this absurd conversation unfolds yeah. where they're like, oh, no, we're German part-time actors and, you know, I come to see our play and the play is about uh, a cow and I'm the cow. And, um, you know, he does like the little cow ears thing. And, and it's like that. It's just so instantly playful that that's for me, that sets the tone. I'm like, OK, this is going to be uh, just kind of um, uh, a, a sprawling um not necessarily aimless but 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 not goal directed character study of of two different people um and 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 trying to see what parts of the other person each brings out and that scene was just so like um it just set the tone for me i i i, I laughed a lot more in this movie than i than i expected to um man it's it's a certain kind of person that's going to laugh at this movie because I think a lot of people would find this to be a major <clears throat> bummer. Yeah. There's a certain kind of person that has to like this movie. And yeah. when you see like things where he says, like, well, I kind of see love as this escape for your two people who don't know how to be alone. Like those kind yeah. of biting things. You're like, ooh. Yeah. That's brutal yeah. to the to the people like you, Philip. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily think it's true though. Like I can still, right? Like I can still and anyone can still, mm-hmm. re, you know, retain their own That's opinions true, on, very on much what okay love is with uh balancing the two. Where you're like I don't need it, but I want it. Yeah, what love? Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I don't really I mean, I don't know. I can fully say that I don't know what I want. Like I I have my own goals and ambitions and like if you want your if own love Celine, clearly she was she was very deep. I appreciated that about her. Um, I can get behind that, you know. Like I feel like I would have done a much better job than than uh, than Jesse over here talking about, you know. But maybe that's uh, all she wants. Just she brooding. wants that pushback. She wants the rebel who is not emotionally available all the way there. Like maybe that's part of the the charm. Oh, the 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 classic bad boy. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. I don't easily fall into that that category but i could if uh if pushed <laughs> if if uh, if i'm properly uh if i'm properly primed no not even that like if i maybe maybe it's uh maybe it's maybe i'm <laughs> maybe i'm like method acting for uh for a for an upcoming film maybe i'm like i don't know maybe i have to go become some some drug lord uh, no, uh, that wouldn't work. Say, they, please they, turn they off the podcast at this point because uh, you don't want to hear any more about this from Philip. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to be. A, I wouldn't survive as a as a drug lord. I, I, they'd probably find me out. I'd be the nicest drug lord ever. Which the nicest you know. drug lord ever? Yeah, I, I yeah. can see that. Um, that's yeah. that's good. Um, when you think about this movie now. Now that you've watched it, what stood out to you the next day? What what were you thinking about most from this movie? What's still just you're still thinking about this scene or this line or this moment? What are you still Man, thinking about? I'm thinking about all of those at the very end of the of the movie, there are so you go around um with them, obviously throughout this throughout Vienna the night before, and there are all of these iconic really long and drawn out shots and you don't realize that what they're doing is they're pulling you into the into the physicality of the location and then when they're both on on their when he's on the bus going his separate way and she's on the train going her separate way we go back to all of the places that they were in the night before we go to the the balcony that overlooks the courtyard we go to the the restaurant where you know they got their palms red we go to the alleyway Um, we go to the park where they were like drinking wine and talking about love and we see those places empty of them. Like they're just, it's, it's daylight now and it's almost as if they didn't happen. And every single time one of those, the next scene, the next empty scene flashed up on screen, it was just like a gut check. It was like, oh man, like 
did it even really happen? You know, they, they obviously don't have anything to remember each other by except for the, the memories that they've formed with each other. Um, they didn't like exchange, uh, contact information or, or addresses or anything. And I'm like, that to me, like the emptiness of those, of those spaces was just, was borderline like horrifying because, because you know that, uh, they, they've essentially left it up to chance for the continuation of, of whatever they had. Like that's, there's no way, there's no way to control it. There's no way to be sure of it because there's no evidence of, of the things that they experienced together. Um, that w- that's, that's still, that's still with me today. I mean, it, it's, it's almost kind of haunting. Um, yeah. What about you? I just, what sticks with me is like those kind of moments where when he looks at her and he like, he puts it out there. He's like, we have a connection. Right. Yeah. And yeah. when you have that thing where you're just like, you don't want to say it out loud. Cause if you go, if you guess wrong here, nothing more brutal, nothing more brutal than uh misreading a situation like this. <laughs> um, he puts it out there. She's like, yeah, I think that is something I think about a lot is just, that's how you know in life. Cause like there are certain people where you have that connection where you're like, you know what, what if we just spent all night together talking? And then you have a lot of other people, which is far more common where it's like, it's nice. You can have a brief conversation with them. You can talk to them, but if you never saw them again, it wouldn't bother you. Like they're the majority of your life is spent with people that it does not matter if you never see them again. That is the majority of the people that you encounter in your life are people that will not matter to you once they're gone. But when you do run into those people and usually it's never when you expect, which is part of the great part of this and why you can't yeah. really go searching for connections um, is that when you find it, when you stumble into it, it's a really beautiful thing. And it's a, uh, it it's scary as hell though. Like it is scary as hell because you're like, Oh, when is cause you, the cynic in me immediately goes, Oh, this is a moment. So that means do I have to wait seven years for the next one. Like if I mess yeah. this up, then that means the, this is one of my connection moments. And if this doesn't work out, then how long until I, I just encounter something like this again, could be 10 years, could be 30. You never know. That's a that's a really really interesting point, right? Because uh, for for two reasons, one is because of the line th- that he says in the movie about. Uh, I think they're on the train and they're talking about you know at the beginning of like ten thousand years ago, like the the world's population was like one million, and then um, like five thousand years later or something, it was two million, and now it's between five and six billion people. So. Does that mean that every single one of us is just like uh, a, a fraction of if, if if each of us has a soul, are are all of our souls just part of like the original collection of souls that existed at the beginning of time? And if so, does that mean we're all fractured souls? Like we're, like one person would essentially have to be uh, split into like 5,000 souls. <laughs> and, and that was like, and, and, and he's like, yeah, this is probably ridiculous. And, and she's like going with it. But the reason I think that's interesting is because, uh, do you think that, do you think that those moments of connection, um, are, are random and, and you can't like, maybe they just come once every seven years, which if so is, is kind of depressing. Or do you think that we can, like open ourselves up to creating those types of moments uh, or at least inviting them into our lives more frequently. No, no, not at all. No, because we're not inviting him in the moment either. Like he, she doesn't invite it in like he does because he's clearly watching her when he's reading and he sees that she's reading and, um, but if they don't have that kind of connection when they're talking in the buffet cart and, they're just their interest is peaked from both ends that's when all this starts and they get off the the train and all that kind of stuff but like i do think there is maybe a sliver of 
opening yourself up because he didn't have to talk to her. Like there is a point where you have to kind of still put yourself out there every now and then, but ultimately the odds were slim and you're still like the chances of him being on that cart at that exact same time with her who gets up and moves because of the arguing German couple up front. Like a lot had to fall into place for that to go that way. Um, he had to meet her at the right time. She, he had to be in the right point in his life. He had to be coming off a breakup. He had to be in a point where he's just riding around Vienna, staring out at uh, <laughs> fields. Like, staring out at, it's literally what he's been doing. Yes. And <laughs> the, the, think about all those things happening at that exact moment for this to all work. So you can open yourself up all you want, but like the universe has to put a lot of stuff in play for you to even really have a shot. Yeah. It's very random. I'm a believer in random chance. Like recognizing it is very important when it happens. Like the rec, just being able to understand like this is a moment is important. So I think that part of the opening up, I agree with, but in terms of being able to have any kind of personal impact on it, I don't think so. I think it's just ultimately a lot has to randomly go right for you at a small point in time. Do you think that um, – what do you think about the, the idea of soulmates? Is there one person out there no. for each person? Like were they no. were they soulmates clearly? No. Maybe they just – no? I don't know. No. I don't believe in soulmates. I think you have – you could be happy with a lot of different people. Um, I don't know because there's just <laughs> – this is – we could talk about that for hours. Um, I don't – I think there are a lot of people that you're good with. I think – there is not one person for everybody. I think people change. So you could be soulmates at 23, but then who you are at 33 might be uh, too much of a change so that it just doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Um, Cause people change like uh, that's just part of life. And that's why marriage and long-term relationships are hard is that people evolve and they get jobs, they lose jobs, they move, they deal with loss, they deal with gains that like, there's just all kinds of, outside influence that um, can just uh, adversely affect a relationship. So you could still care about that person a lot, but that doesn't mean the relationship works and that you were meant to be together forever. If outside factors um, get in the way, I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff that I think we overlook when looking at a soulmate. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I think there are a lot of people you can be happy with for a time. Some people you can be happy with for 30 years. Some people you can be happy with for six months. Um, I don't know. One night. One night. Before sunrise. Before sunrise. Yeah. Do you believe in soulmates? <laughs> um, I don't think so. I think yeah. I used to. I Because that's like the it prevailing. It sounds great. Yeah. It sounds great on paper. Like prevailing wisdom, right? Like, uh, you know that it's it's kind of what every romantic comedy is 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 predicated on but i do i agree i think i think there are multiple people in your life that one can be happy with and love is like such a an, an amorphous and subjective experience that uh, i i think everyone has a has a different um everyone experiences love differently and i think we all try to you know, force this, uh, this Hollywood veneer over, um, our, our experience of love. Like everyone wants, uh, uh, like this whole love at first sight thing and, and, and to fall in love. But I had a, a really good friend told me once that, um, he thinks that it's not so much that one falls in love so much as one kind of sinks into it. Um, and that has really stayed with me because I, I honestly feel like that's a more realistic, um, it's a more realistic metaphor for how you develop strong feelings for a person because it, it, ultimately it's a commitment. Like love is the, is the, is the, is a necessary ingredient for, um, like an attraction to a person, right. Or a, at least a, a sustained attraction to a person. But at the end of the day, like it's a, it's an active choice. Like it's a commitment to, Right. Love's less of a feeling and more of a commitment. More of an Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And so I think through the process of, of constantly reaffirming that commitment, um, whether through like 
great communication or like keeping things fresh and like surprising and like using up words of appreciation, not taking the other person for granted. I think, I think we can become soulmates with a person. I think you can create that, that soul, like you can tether your soul to another person through the experience that you have with them over time. Um, but yeah, I think, I think there's probably multiple people in, in a lifetime that, you know, if you were to actively decide, yes, I, I want to love you, um, it would, it would work. Um, because on the flip you, you side, the though, can I ask you this? Remember when they're playing yeah. pinball and she asked mm-hmm. him, why is it that we become obsessed with people who we don't really like that much? That is on the flip side where we waste so much time obsessing over the people that we don't, that don't even really want us. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? What, I think it's that? true. Like there is something you have to fight where you're like, you, there's something naturally attractive about someone who doesn't need you. And yeah. you can mistake that not needing you for, um, playing hard to get or like, um, genuine interest are you interested in the fact that they're not available or are you actually interested in the person and i think we do that a lot um and i wonder if she has that thought at some point during this night where she's like do i even really like this guy because like you said she's very deep and thoughtful and he's very sarcastic and clearly in over his head in a lot of conversations um yeah about this kind of stuff emotionally um <laughs> What if she's like on the train, like just thinking about like, did I really like him or was I just encapsulated by the idea of just running around Vienna for a night? Cause I'm 23 and he's a lot of fun. And, and, and why the hell not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Does she have that second guess? And I think, dude, I don't do a lot, man. Like it's hard to tell. Like, I think context is, is everything. Like I, I can't, I could not make a value judgment on whether that relationship would have lasted or not. Cause there are a lot of relationships that last that, you would have been like never in a million years. And there are relationships that are like, what? You guys broke up. That's insane. Like, well, like when you hear friends, how many times have you ever heard from friends of yours who have just complained and complained and complained about people that they're dating? And you're like, I just don't think you like this person all that much, but you're, it's comfortable. So you just keep going. Like, that's what we do more often than not. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm just different. I'm like, if it's not working, like what's the, what's the point of carrying around that? that energy because true th- there's there's um there's you don't want to be a quitter other people no it's, i don't think it's that i don't think it's that you don't want to be a quitter i think i i don't think it's healthy to be in relationships that aren't working out at all you know uh and i'm obviously i can't i mean i guess i can speak from some personal experience like i've ended things with with um with people with, where it just wasn't working out and like it obviously it takes some like we're all human and so it takes some time to recover psychologically and emotionally from that but it gets better with time i think time heals all wounds and um and everyone has baggage you know um it's not like it's not like we just uh have one like you know you you get you get knocked down once and and you're good you know, I mean, sometimes with, with the whole love game, especially in New York, man, like <laughs> you go on dates and, you know, you date, date people and it's just sometimes it feels like a, like a bloodbath and other times it's like, what is the point of any of this? Like, why do I like, let me just, I don't know, like <laughs> remove myself from the game entirely. Like, I don't want to go on dates. Like, I just want to focus on myself and, um, and and who knows? Maybe that creates a more a culture where people are less willing to give of themselves, um, and it's becoming more of the norm. So when it does happen that one finds someone who one has a connection with, it's almost kind of like, wow, cherish that, <laughs> cherish that for as long as it lasts. Hold on to it, like it's some um, like it's going out of style. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's a good way of wrapping up here. Philip. yeah do you have any final yeah, it, thoughts on this film thanks for thanks for suggesting it i thought it was great um i i could watch it over and over again um i will definitely watch the next two films and i'm devastated that 
they it took nine years for them to meet up. Well, it gets worse. Yeah. No, okay, <laughs> okay, because <laughs> it took nine years and then another nine years. Uh, what a genius, Linklater! Can it's I suggest another film? By the way, they might do a. Oh, really? One. Yeah. Um, I think I have a suggestion for next week. Okay, what is it? If we're if we're sticking, it's your in turn. The, in the link letter, over, over, over. I think we should go with where'd you go? Have you seen where'd you go, Bernadette? I have not. I've been meaning to watch that. Apparently, um, I think was it Annapurna? Yeah, Annapurna um, approached. Um, approach Linklater and and because this was a originally it was based on a on a novel and um apparently Richard Linklater found a lot of um similarities between between Kate Blanchett's character and his own mother. He makes very personal movies, which I which I really, really appreciate. Um so I think we should watch that. Okay. Let's let's talk about that. Works for me. Cool. All right. Philip say Always a pleasure. We'll be back next week. Yes, sir. Catch you guys soon. This is Ben Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. Goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. From self-help books to meditation, we work hard to find peace of mind. Xfinity Home helps you rest easy with a total home security solution. Installed by experts and powered by secure and reliable Xfinity Wi-Fi, you'll get 24-7 professional monitoring with fast response times and real-time alerts, like when doors and windows are opened. Rest easier with Xfinity Home. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash home security. Restrictions apply. Residential customers only. Requires compatible high-speed internet. Professional installation required.